0: Welcome to another Inside Lyme podcast with your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the case of a nine year old boy with a pseudotumor cerebri due to Lyme disease. The case was first described in the British Medical Journal Case Reports in 2017. Thank you, Dr. Cameron, for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you, Darlene, for leading this discussion.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the condition that the boy was initially diagnosed with?
1: This 9-year-old boy was admitted to the hospital with with a headache. Now, it wasn't just your average headache. First of all, it was daily. It was pulsatile, and it was in the frontal temporal area, which is the front part of the head. And there were some other symptoms that were particularly telling. One was pallor, photophobia, and Phonophobia. The photophobia is sensitivity to light. Phonophobia is fear or aversion to sound. He didn't have uh, vomiting or visual changes.
0: And uh, and what tests were run to help uh, with the diagnosis?
1: Well, the doctors looked in the back of the eye and found some swelling. The optic disc seemed to be swollen. We often think there must be a brain tumor in this nine-year-old boy, but the CAT scan showed that the head was normal. So they elected to do a spinal tap. When they did a spinal tap, one of the things they do is they take and measure how much pressure there is in this spinal canal. They know what the pressure is and it was elevated. So the boy... um, at that point, uh, didn't appear to have a pseudotumor cerebri. Instead, the boy was diagnosed with pseudotumor. And pseudotumor cerebri is a condition where you have elevated spinal pressure. The symptoms can act like a brain tumor. That's why I said at the very beginning, you know, with the swelling behind the eye of the optic nerve, one would think of a brain tumor. But actually, there's actually no tumor at all. Instead, there's some unexplained intracranial pressure in the head. So there is a treatment for this condition. That treatment is called diamox. Generic name is acezolamide. Uh, it's a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor. And so that's usually given for this kind of condition.
0: Typically, what are the causes for this condition?
1: I don't think anybody really knows the cause of pseudotumor cerebri. There's always um, uncertainty um, where it comes from.
0: So this young boy was um, tested for various bacterial and viral infections, and all those tests were negative.
1: Yeah, there's a variety of other uh, causes of um, this kind of a problem. So you don't always find anything. So they went ahead and with the spinal fluid, they were able to look for various causes. They were able to find... Lyme disease in the spinal fluid. And in this case, instead of calling it uh, pseudotumor cerebri, it was uh, actually a cause. You know, normally pseudotumor cerebri is something called idiopathic. It's used when you don't have any idea where it comes from. Whenever you have a pseudotumor, once in a while you find a cause. And the most common causes of this uh, Pseudotumor cerebri is obesity, antibiotics, steroids, and autoimmune disorders. So that's why sometimes you hear that maybe doxycycline can trigger this uh, problem. Uh, Maybe uh, there's some kind of autoimmune disorder. But in this case, they went further and they were able to identify Lyme disease in uh, the spinal fluid. So instead of calling idiopathic Pseudotumor cerebri, it was a secondary to Lyme disease.
0: And what was the, the treatment plan at that point?
1: The uh, boy was treated with 21 days of intravenous septraxone. This is a type of uh, treatment that crosses the blood-brain barrier. And with this neurologic presentation, they were able to um, take care of this uh, child's uh, problem. I should mention that in addition to the spinal tap, he lived in Portugal, he lived in the countryside, and he tested positive for Lyme disease. So the Western blot and spinal tap both showed uh, Lyme disease. So this is one of those cases where everything came together. The blood test happened to be positive, spinal tap happened to be positive, and so the doctors were decisive and treated this boy successfully with intravenous antibiotics.
0: Now, how common is it to find uh, this presentation in Lyme disease?
1: We don't really know um, how often this occurs. Most of the time, this pseudotumor cerebri seems to occur in the pediatric population.
0: Now, the authors of this case report um, point out, actually, that this was the only manifestation of Lyme disease
1: this case seems to remind us that sometimes Lyme can just present as a single problem. And of course, that makes it more challenging for doctors when you have what looks like pseudotumor cerebri, acts like pseudotumor cerebri, and yet there's a treatable cause. I should say that in addition to um, the headaches we're talking about, the common causes, common symptoms of a pseudotumorous cerebri are blurred vision, your feeling of being less alert, vomiting, changes in your behavior, weakness when you're moving, when you're talking, and sleepiness.
0: This child received the 21-day course of antibiotics. What what is your feeling about that treatment plan?
1: Well I'm assuming this is early Lyme from the description. Even though the child had a few days of headaches, this is early and it's more likely that three weeks of antibiotics will be successful. I find in practice, when I follow up somebody at three weeks, uh, many of them still have symptoms. And I elect to um, evaluate at that point uh, whether I should uh, continue therapy. I also, make sure that they see a neurologist again to make sure there's not another cause of this pseudotumor cerebri
0: now the authors point out that the um the patient had a follow-up at nine months and was completely asymptomatic so the the treatment appeared to to work in this case yes what do the authors conclude in this case
1: they pointed out how important it is to look for an infectious cause And they stressed that Lyme disease should be investigated in children with this type of central nervous system disease, even in non-endemic areas. I agree with the authors how important it is to look for causes because if one uses Diamox, you know, that treats the symptoms, it tries to reduce the pressure in the cerebral spinal fluid but it has so many side effects, including severe liver disease, cirrhosis, kidney problems, electrolyte problems. It's always satisfying when one finds a treatable cause. And and so um, I'm glad the authors shared uh, a success story.
0: Well, thank you once again, Dr. Cameron, for talking to us and discussing, as always, these important cases. We look forward to the next Inside Lyme podcast. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to Inside Lime Podcasts and ring the bell.